Hey there, and welcome to Vibrancy with ADHD. Trying to improve our health and wellness with ADHD can feel like an uphill battle. Neurotypical advice tends to be complicated, rigid, and quite honestly, kind of boring. Us ADHDers thrive off of fun and need to be supported by people who just get us and the way our brain works. And most importantly, we need to feel encouraged and inspired instead of shamed. No falling off of any hypothetical wagons here. I'm Chelsea Eithoven and I'm a health and mindset coach who was diagnosed with ADHD at age 30. Stick around and together we can explore, learn, and play our way to a more vibrant lifestyle. Hi, and welcome back to Vibrancy with ADHD. How are you doing today? Like, for real though, how are you doing? Like, what are your emotions right now? You're probably like, I didn't sign up for this. What is this all about? (laughs) But it's just something I was thinking about, you know, as I sat down to record this podcast, I realized that before I was diagnosed, I really had pretty much zero awareness of my emotions. And I didn't really know how to put words to them. And it's something that now I'm much more aware of. And it's brought a lot of positive changes about in my life. So how are you today? Like for real, if you close your eyes, what emotion are you feeling? I hope that you are some flavor of good, happy, excited, maybe curious about this episode and what we're going to talk about, self-care culture and that girl. (laughs) I am doing all right. I had to have surgery last week. I can't remember if I said this on the podcast yet or not, but if you follow along on Instagram, then you've probably seen me talk about it. I had surgery last week on my flexor tendon on my pinky finger. Luckily, it was my right pinky finger and I'm left-handed, so that's been good. But it's been a really interesting experience. (laughs) You know, when you're forced into a slowdown, it can be really freaking frustrating, right? But we're working through it. I'm learning a lot through this experience. One thing that I've kind of learned is how different my life is now than it was just a year ago because I got this surgery and I didn't take my ADHD medicine for a week because I was on other medicine and also I was just so tired. I was like, there's no point in taking it. I'm not, you know, this was my mindset. I was like, you know, I rarely take medicine breaks. So I thought I'll take a little medicine break at this time because I'm not doing work and I don't feel like even if I took my medicine, I would have the mental capacity to do it. So I might as well just give myself a full break. And I was reminded how much mental spinning I did before I was diagnosed. I almost forgot, you guys. I forgot what that experience is like to want to do things and to really feel like you want to, but feel like you physically can't. And just kind of the mental and emotional turmoil that I was in I would say most of my life. So I just am thinking of you guys and anyone out there who's not diagnosed yet, who is not on medication or maybe hasn't had a positive experience with medication. I know a lot of people out there haven't had positive experiences with medication like I have. I just am sending you all of my love because I've been thinking about you recently and just it's not an easy experience. And it's such a, you know, there's very... Anyone who's not experienced it doesn't understand it. You know, it's kind of like 
I feel like how people talk about having a child, right? It's like, I know that I don't know what that experience is like because I don't have one. And I don't know if there's any way that I can understand it quite as deeply as if until I actually have a child, right? So I feel like that's maybe a lot of you feel that way about people in your real life, right? Like they don't really understand. And I just want to say I'm here for you. I feel you. I understand you. Like I am you. (laughs) Just, I'm just, right now I'm just rambling because I have so much appreciation for the community that listens to this podcast for All of you, I I always say, come and message me on Instagram, and you guys do, and I love it so much. I get to connect with you on a one-on-one basis, and I think it's so cool that you guys listen to what I have to say, and you relate, and it helps you in some way. It's just so magical because you guys are just the best, and I have the best conversations with you. So thank you for being here. I just went on a five-minute rant that ramble that I didn't even have in the notes because, as you know, I've told you before, I have to put extensive notes for myself. Otherwise, I'll get way off track like I just did. So I guess, you know, I get off track anyways. Anywho... I find if I do this while I'm drinking coffee, I totally end up going on rambles because I just want to talk to you. So I'm drinking my coffee right now. I have had this time to think a lot and I have some things I want to share with you and I'm so excited. But first I want I want you to do something for me, okay? Because we talk a lot on this podcast about habits and ADHD um, and how to form habits with ADHD. And you know what I think is so funny? I think a lot of people with ADHD are very resistant to the word habit in general, right? Are you like that? Do you feel like you hate the word habit? <laughs> if you do, I think it's so funny because the literal membership program I created is called the Habit Edit. And I'm like, realizing that a lot of people with ADHD hate that word. And I actually see why. I feel like the way it's marketed to us is just so not ADHD friendly, right? The way that we're taught to form habits just kind of sucks. And that's something I've been thinking about and like a process that I have mastered, right? Which is why I decided to teach this to other women with ADHD. I have figured out for myself and kind of that's why I decided to get certified as a health coach. And once I learned I had ADHD, obviously to work with women with ADHD, because, you know, I figured out very few things in life. (laughs) But one thing I have figured out is how to cultivate some wellness habits in my life that work really well for me. And I don't do them in the neurotypical way. You know, I don't do any of them every day. I am inconsistent with them but I'm consistent with them enough that they benefit my life. And to me, that's all I really need to be consistent with them, right? Like I don't need to go above and beyond. I don't need to be a perfectionist. I've dropped that piece of my wellness identity as the perfectionist, right? Which is like, we're totally gonna talk about that today. But what I want you to do right now, I want you to think about something. Right now, I want you to think about what is one habit that you would like to cultivate, right? So a thing for you that right now feels just like such a freaking drag and you hate doing it, but you know that you quote unquote should do it, or you know that you would feel better if you did it. If you only would do it every single day, you would feel better. So you like pressure yourself to do this habit, right? But to no avail. Like what is that habit? 
I want you to say it out loud right now. Like, I know you have one thing that just popped up immediately, right? Is it exercise or meditation? Oh my gosh, that's one I battled with for so long because I had such a hard time getting my ass to sit down and meditate, but I knew that I would feel better if I meditated, right? Such a catch-22. Morning routine, maybe it's a morning routine. Maybe you want to get back into a hobby like painting or reading, right? And you know that you'd be happier if you did that instead of scrolling Instagram, but you find yourself getting caught in Instagram or TikTok trap all the time, right? Maybe it's eating vegetables. Maybe it's eating meals in general. (laughs) A lot of clients come to me with this struggle, being able to schedule regular meals and eat meals so that at the end of the day, you're not like, holy crap, it's 7 p.m. and I haven't eaten anything, right? Maybe it's calling your mom, playing with your dog. I don't know. What pops up for you? Literally say it out, out loud right now. Okay, so I want you to imagine if a month from now, you got excited to do this thing. Like legitimately, you thought about this thing and you were like, I can't wait to do this, right? Like you did it when you felt like doing it, which was pretty often, right? Not every day, but like, you know, three or four times a week, whatever. It just became part of your routine and it brought you joy and dopamine, maybe even relaxation. You lost yourself in this thing and like you remembered it regularly and it just was like a part of your life. Kind of like the way you maybe scroll social media or listen to podcasts, you know, Like those are things for me that are just, I don't think about them. They're just kind of a part of my life. I do them when I feel like it, which is pretty often, right? But not every day, but like I would still say they're very regular habits, right? Can you imagine a positive habit that benefits your life, a wellness habit or any other kind of habit being like that? So if this is like kind of where you're at in your life, like you feel like, You've tried over and over again to create habits like this, and it's always like so much efforting and so much pressure and so much guilt, and it just doesn't feel good. And honestly, wellness habits just don't stick with you very well. Then I have something for you. I have created something just for you, and I'm so freaking excited to share it with you. I am hosting a live workshop, and I would be so honored if you would come join me for it. And this is exactly what you're going to learn in this workshop. So the workshop is called the Part-Time Habits Workshop. Okay. Fun, cute little name because I just feel like we look at habits like they're a full-time job. And like, if we don't check off our habit streak 180 days in a row, then it doesn't count. You know, maybe that's just me because I did things like the whole 30 or like now the 75 hard is the thing where if you mess up one little bit, you have to go back to the beginning, you know, and I feel like that's how we look at habits. And maybe the reason I'm not turned off of habits is because I don't look at them that way. I look at them as these part-time things. They're just a part of my life and they're fun and joyful and easy and there's not a lot of pressure around them and I do them just enough to benefit my life and I don't have to think about it like a perfectionist, you know? So if this is something you'd like to do with that habit that you were just thinking of in your mind, I would love for you to join this workshop. So it's going to be on October 30th, 2021 at 11 a.m. Central Time. So I live in Mississippi in the United States. I'm Central Time. You can go and kind of transfer that to your time zone on plenty of websites. Just like go to a time zone translator or whatever. I do also want to tell you, if you can't make it live or even if you're listening to this after October 30th, 2021, this is still available to you. 
completely. So if you join and you you can't participate live, then you, you'll get the replay, you'll get the worksheets, you'll get all the materials that you need. And if you join afterwards, same exact thing. So don't worry, I got you. I will say though, if you're listening before October 30th, 2021, the price is going to go up after the live workshop. So if I were you, I would hop in now. And here's what you're going to learn in this workshop, okay? You're going to learn my four-step process to creating a habit in one month, okay? And of course, it's going to be in an ADHD-friendly way, right? And I've kind of whittled down this process to the four steps that really matter for us ADHDers to form joyful habits, right? And in a way that it doesn't have to be obsessive, right? So of course, it's an ADHD-friendly way. And it's, like I said, called the Part-Time Habits Workshop because I just don't like the way habits and wellness in general has been marketed to us, right? I feel like we've heard the old adage that it takes 21 days to create a habit, right? You've probably heard that a million times. But like, I feel like the underlying assumption with that, or at least what I always assumed, was that you have to do the same thing every single day at the same exact time in the same way, and that is how you make a habit. That's how you make it automatic. I don't know about you, but for me, literally nothing sounds more like death than doing the same thing every day. I can't even think about it. It makes my skin crawl. And I feel like if you have ADHD, you're probably the same way because we value novelty, right? Plus, also, we don't have the same amount of energy and executive function every day, which is why I find it's in the past when I looked at creating habits this way, I found it really difficult to create habits that actually benefited my life. So I just fell into these default habits, you know, like pouring a glass of wine when I got home from work or, you know, mindlessly scrolling social media for hours and hours. I still do those things, okay, but I just also, they're not like my main way of They're not like my main habits anymore, right? And I also have a lot of positive habits. It can be somewhere in the middle, right? It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So I'm curious if you relate to this and if you kind of do feel this way about habits and are interested. So if you are interested and you want to create habits that fit your life, that are fun and exciting, that give you dopamine, that are sustainable in the long term, if you want them to be, caveat, did you know that if you start a habit and you hate it and it's not serving you, you can totally drop it and find something else to replace that habit that gives you the same benefit. Anyways, if this is interesting to you, then click the link in the bio. Come join us for the workshop. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited to teach this to you live. And the other cool thing about this is you can use this four-step process over and over and over again for different habits. And in fact, this is exactly how we do this inside of my Health and Mindset Coaching membership, the Habit Edit. We pick one habit a month and we focus on it. And then we move on to the next one, which is really awesome for people who love novelty because you get to focus on something new every single month. But even if you just join this workshop, you'll have this tool that you'll be able to use to create habits for yourself time and time again and kind of stack them up over time, right? So maybe right now, this month, you want to focus on exercise and next month you want to focus on meditation and so on and so forth. You can stack them up and it works for all kinds of habits, not just health promoting habits, right? So if you want to join, click the link in the show notes and hop into the workshop. I would love to see you there and be so excited to meet you if I haven't already. And I totally focused on when I'm creating this 
not being a perfectionist about it. So there's no fancy landing page or anything like that. You just click and it's going to be very simple. I'm just going to be like, join the workshop here. (laughs) So I hope to see you inside. And with that, let's hop into our topic for the day. Okay, we're going to skip the hyper focus of the week because it's kind of been this workshop, but I also have another one. I'll save it for next week because I'm like, I have a serious for real hyper focus right now, you guys. And if I start talking about it, I'll be talking about it for 45 minutes. So we're not going to do that. (laughs) Let's talk about our topic for the day. So a lot of you guys are probably curious about what we're going to talk about, about self-care culture and the that girl trend. Okay. And Essentially, I just want to talk about modern self-care because I've had a lot of thoughts and realizations around this. Like I said, especially this past week where I've been incapacitated from this surgery and where I was not taking medication. So I was reminded what things were like for me, you know, really only less than how long ago is that? It is currently October and I was diagnosed in February. Gosh, it feels like a lifetime ago, but even now, you know, so let's talk about modern self-care. Okay. So we're taught that if we do all of these self-care things, right? Drink green juice. I am especially talking to women from the age of, let's see, I'll say, probably college age, so 18 to 35, 40, you know, uh, women of all ages, but really that range, right? We're really sold. There's this modern self-care culture that's been created that's very specific. And you probably know what I'm talking about if you're on any form of social media, right? We're kind of taught that if we do all these self-care things, we will feel better. So if we drink the green juice, we eat the salads, we eat the take the blue spirulina supplement, we take the ashwagandha, we meditate, we buy the fancy two-piece sets, right? Like the expensive loungewear two-piece, you know, sports bra and biker short sets. And we go to the Pilates classes and all that. Then we're gonna feel better. That is our ticket. We're taught that if we do all these self-care things, That's our ticket to feeling better, having more energy, getting out of the quote unquote rut that we are in, right? This is what the world teaches us, right? (laughs) Use your self-care, do your self-care so you can be more productive, so you can reach your goals, so you can look and feel a certain way, right? It's a means to an end, right? Have you noticed that? It's like these self-care things, we're not doing them because we enjoy them. We're doing them because like we want to, we want to reach some type of goal, right? It's a means to an end. And that end is usually more productivity. So we look at the that girl trend and we see, we that's a really good picture of the self-care culture that we have created, right? If you haven't seen the That Girl trend, if you clicked on this episode, you probably have, unless you're just a regular listener and you don't know this trend. So what is the That Girl trend, right? I've seen it a lot on TikTok. I'm sure it's probably on Instagram too. But it's basically like the highly curated version of wellness, right? So for some reason, all these girls all have the same 
Olaplex shampoo, which is like, I looked at it, it's like a $30 shampoo or something. It's crazy, but maybe it must be really good. I don't know, or it's just really popular. But they all have the same clock on their computer and like they get up at 5 a.m., right? It's like the 5 a.m. wake up, morning routine, journal, drink green juice. They go to expensive boutique exercise studios. They eat salads with all these superfoods like hemp hearts and just all kinds of like beautiful, colorful salads. Many oatmeal, same kind of ordeal, beautiful, colorful things. But definitely there's no croutons on the salad. There's no sugar on the oatmeal, of course, right? They wear those matching exercise sets that I was telling you about, right? And it's just like this perfectly aesthetic version of wellness, right? And if I'm being completely and totally honest with myself and with you, it's pretty much just white thinness personified, right? It's mostly white women. It's not all white women, but it's mostly white women. And it's like this ideal of like perfection that we have now come to equate with wellness. We now equate wellness with, and self-care in particular, with these things, right? And it's so funny because you'll see it if you go in the comment section of other people who are maybe wellness creators, maybe dietitians, maybe just creators sharing what they're eating, right? And they'll say healthy meal and the meal will have rice. And they're like, rice isn't healthy (laughs) because we're so brainwashed into thinking this is what healthy looks like. And anything that falls outside of this is not health, is not wellness. Carbs aren't health and wellness. They make you fat. Please don't quote me on that. Don't take that out of context. You know I don't believe that. But this is like what the the rhetoric I'm seeing has just like so seeped into our subconscious. And it kind of drives me crazy for so many reasons. But one of the main ones is this concept that I just kind of like came to my conscious realization recently, right? So we think that like, if we could only do those things, then we'll have the body we want, then we'll feel happy, then we'll have energy, or we'll feel the peace or success or joy we so desperately desire, okay? Like we think the self-care things come first, the actions have to come first. We do the self-care things and then we feel better, right? That's the order of operations. Now listen, I fell into this for literally my entire, the entirety of my existence, okay? So if you're here, I'm not shaming you. I'm not judging. You're not blaming you. I'm not saying you're wrong. I feel you. I am you, right? But like, I just, I lived in such internal turmoil, right? Because I just, I thought if I could just force myself to do these things, then I would finally be and have what I wanted to be and have, right? Which was like, thin and productive, if we're going to be completely honest, right? (laughs) And I want to take a moment here to say, of course, there is some truth in this, right? (sighs) I know firsthand, like how much better I do feel when I'm doing self-care things, right? And not treating my body like a dumpster fire, because for the first 25 years of my life or so, If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know I like change my ages all the time. Not my actual age that I am. I'm 31. But like when things happened, like when like evolutions in my life happened, I change those dates all the time because I have no concept of time, especially when it comes to the long term. Like 
I don't know how many years ago it was. Anywho, I just feel better when I'm not treating my body like a dumpster fire, right? When I'm eating salads and oatmeal and exercising and all the things that are in the That Girl videos, right? I do, there is some truth to that, of course. But there's an added complexity when we have ADHD. And this is kind of what I've been grappling with and exploring recently. When we have ADHD, sometimes we need to feel better before we can do the self-care things. It can be backwards for us, right? When we struggle with executive dysfunction, getting started on something can be nearly impossible, especially if you're in a situation where you're not able to get diagnosed or you're not able to get medication or you're not able to take medication. You know, maybe you're pregnant or that's just not a financially available option to you, right? We struggle to get started. We spin an indecision. Like I told you, I was reminded of this, of what that spinning feels like when I didn't take my medication for a week after my surgery last week. I wanted to do these things, right? I wanted to do things for work. I wanted to take care of my home. And I even just wanted to do self-care things that I felt like would make me feel better and that I was technically physically able to, right? So things like prior to this, my surgery, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend this time to meditate and to journal and to read inspiring books, right? But I physically could not. And again, anybody who's listening to this who doesn't have ADHD, I know there's a spark of judgment probably in your brain because you don't understand what this feels like. But it it's like I was stuck. I felt like I was trapped in a cage of my own making, right? Like I wanted to do these things, but somehow I couldn't. The only thing I could do was like mindlessly watch TV or mindlessly consume TikTok and social media things, right? (sighs) So in that moment, right, everybody would say, what would be typical neurotypical advice? Well, just get up and go for a walk and you'll feel better. Well, just, just, just do the thing, just meditate, right? And you'll feel better after you do that. You know you're not feeling better by watching TV, by scrolling social media. You know those things are just making you feel worse. And the thing is, like, I knew that, but it didn't make a difference in my ability to do those things or my motivation to do those things, right? And I think the concept that we need to do these self-care things to feel better can really adversely affect people with ADHD, right? Because my entire life before I knew I had ADHD, especially, but it still impacts me now, I just felt so horrible because I felt like this was my fault, right? I felt like this was my fault. And if only I could get off my lazy ass and do it, then I would feel better. But I am the reason that I feel like trash, right? And wow, when you're already feeling crappy, think that thought and just show yourself how much crappier you can feel, right? And like I said, this this concept really adversely affects people with ADHD. And you know what? Also, a a bunch of other people that are maybe other flavors of neurodiverse or people who are struggling with mental health in other ways, people that have anxiety, depression, bipolar, people that have physical disabilities. There's all kinds of people that fall in this category. And really just our population in general, I think probably everybody could relate to this, but especially people that fall into those categories that I just shared, right? Because 
like I said, we're taught that we are the reason we're in this rut. And only if we would get off of our ass and do those self-care things, we would feel better. This is damaging rhetoric, right? Because it makes it feel like it's our fault. Do the self-care thing. Be that girl. Then you will feel better. And I saw a post this morning. I actually just shared it to my Instagram story. And it was by the ED ADHD underscore therapist. And I thought it was brilliant and fabulous. So this is on Instagram. And they posted a Venn diagram of diet culture and hustle culture, right? Diet culture on one side, hustle culture on the other. And talked about the similarities and the differences. And essentially, if you look at them side by side, they're the same thing. And I loved this so much because this is a concept I've been thinking about so much recently. The the comparison between diet culture and hustle culture, right? They're all based on the just do it mindset, right? Just try harder. The reason that you are, it's like a very, we've become a very individualistic society, right? And we think that like everything is very much on an individual level, which means that we're taking higher levels of responsibility for things, which is great. But at the same time, it's damaging because we can assume that everything is our fault, right? The reason that your body looks the way that it looks is because of you. The reason you feel crappy is because of you. The reason you're not making the amount of money you want to make is because of you, et cetera, et cetera, right? Go check out that Venn diagram. I will link this Instagram in the show notes because I'm always about giving credit where credit is due. And this was a brilliant post. I loved it. But I just was thinking about it. And the that girl trend is like a perfect blend of both of those, isn't it? Diet culture plus hustle culture. I believe she called it grind culture, right? Work hard and get the things you want. That is what we're taught. This is the formula. Work hard and then you'll get the things you want, right? But like I said before, many of us need to feel better before we can take those actions. We may need some days and we may have some days where we do the bare minimum. We eat any food that's available. Doesn't matter if it's vegetables or perfect, beautiful oatmeal or salad or whatever. We eat any food that's available to feed ourselves. We scroll TikTok and we watch YouTube. You know, it's so funny when I'm not productive, my favorite things to do is watch productive people on YouTube. Isn't that so weird? Like I have, do I have some like a productivity fetish? Can somebody tell me? Anyways, we, we, <laughs> we scroll TikTok, we watch YouTube, we watch TV. We don't get outside or go to bed early or meditate, right? And as a human with ADHD, you will have those days when meditating and going outside and going for a walk and exercising and eating healthy, quote unquote, is not available to you. Or at least I will speak for myself, right? When my executive function goes bye-bye, those things aren't options for me, right? And this is actually one of the reasons I created my brand and created my business in general is because I saw the gap here that there's people who talk about intuitive eating. There's people who talk about black and white and in the, in the middle and the gray, you know, but there's nobody there's, I don't know. I just felt like I have a a different, like a different version of this message that I want to get through. And anyways, I, what I think we need in those moments, what I think you need in those moments when you have those days is one thing. And that one thing is self 
compassion. And you've heard me talk about this so much because it's, I think it's just crucial, right? We need to recognize this isn't our fault and we don't need to do anything right now to feel better. We can stop focusing on doing so much, right? And focus on just being, right? We're going to feel sucky sometimes, right? Okay, we're going to feel sucky a lot of the time, right? Because we're humans and this is part of humanity, unfortunately. (laughs) Something my coach always says, and now that I say, is that life is 50-50 positive and negative emotions. And we can't escape that fact, no matter how thin or productive or successful or abundant we are, right? We're going to experience negative emotions. And really, we want to experience negative emotions. They're part of our reality. Do you want to be happy when someone you love passes away? Probably not. Like, we need to feel those those negative experiences and grieve, and we can't just be happy all the time. That's not what we're here to do, right? We really can't escape that fact. But when we try to resist and push away the negative emotions, it really just causes more suffering because we're denying our reality, right? And we're trying to create a different reality. So an example of this, if you're like totally like mentally, like what are you talking about is what I was talking about. So when you are, when you're in those negative emotions and you're feeling really down and low and you're not doing any of those self-care things, when you beat yourself up and say, if only I could do, just get up and freaking meditate or get up and freaking do some meal prep or get up and freaking go to the grocery store to get a healthy meal, then I would feel better, right? Whatever it sounds like inside your head, that, that, that voice that just starts nagging on you because you're not doing what you're quote unquote supposed to do. When we're doing that, we're denying reality and we're trying to push away the negative emotions. And But what we're actually doing is we're just creating more negative emotions. We're creating more suffering because now not only are we doing things that aren't making us feel good, but then we're adding this layer of like hating ourselves for it, right? So we feel even worse. So interesting, isn't it? Our brains are so silly. And when we start to really understand them and inspect them further, we can really see evidence of this that like we think we're trying to motivate ourselves by, you know, beating ourselves up and trying to punish ourselves. But what we're actually doing, like we're like, oh, well, we're trying to get ourselves to do this and feel better. But we're actually making ourselves feel worse. Did I lose you there? I just went off on like a really like, I don't know. This is what my brain this is what my brain sounds like inside, guys. Welcome. It's really confusing and weird in here too. Probably in your brain too cuz you also have ADHD. Okay, so the one thing I want you to do as a result of listening to this episode is this. Next time you are in a rut, quote unquote rut. You feel awful. All you have the energy to do is scroll TikTok or lay on the couch or watch a show, and you're mentally pressuring yourself to go do some self-care activity so you can feel better, or you're just like feeling bad about yourself because you know that you shouldn't be doing this, and if you just did meditate it or drink some green juice or whatever, you would feel better, or like even just you're like being mean to yourself for that moment of not the picture perfect that girl wellness, right? I want you to stop. Stop the ruminating thoughts, okay, in their tracks. By the way, P.S., you're going to notice them at first after the thought, right? You're going to notice like, 
later that night. You don't, it's hard to catch them in the moment until you have some practice with this, right? You're going to be laying in bed later and be like, oh yeah, I totally did that. I, I know you're going to notice it after the fact, right? But The more you start practicing noticing your thoughts and noticing when you're kind of being mean to yourself and noticing just just your thoughts in general and getting aware of awareness of that, it'll be easier to catch it in the moment. So you're going to stop your thoughts and you're going to say to yourself in your head, I am safe to just be. I am safe to just be. I am safe to feel crappy. This is reality and I no longer resist it. Okay. You can say all three of those. You can say one of those. You can say whichever one stuck out to you, whichever one you remember, maybe type it in your phone or something, right? I am safe to just be, I'm safe to feel crappy. (laughs) This is reality. And I no longer resist it, right? (sighs) I feel like a rush of relief. Just saying that out loud, you'll notice that a layer If you can say this enough, and if you can really get yourself to believe it, you'll notice a layer of that feeling crappy will dissolve because one of those layers is that you're beating yourself up for feeling crappy, okay? And this is what self-compassion is. It's being nice to yourself in the moments of failure. It's treating yourself the way you would treat a friend not in the moments when you're doing well, right? We all might like make self-deprecating comments when we're, when we're, you know, or like brush off a compliment or whatever. No, self-compassion is not about being nice to yourself when you're doing something good. It's about being nice to yourself during perceived failure, right? So you're going to stop the ruminating thoughts. You're going to say, I'm safe to just be, I'm safe to feel crappy. This is reality. I no longer resist it. Give yourself the gift of self compassion, of self-acceptance, of allowing yourself to just be no matter the circumstance, right? And allowing that to be okay. This is self-compassion and self-acceptance, right? And friends, this message is as much for me as it is for you. This is a realization I am learning in real time, and I've learned it in certain areas of my life, right? And it's funny because I'm now learning it in other areas, right? I'm doing the work too. It doesn't, the work doesn't end. It just gets easier and more natural. And you stop beating yourself up when you do this internal work. You stop beating yourself up for being less than perfect. And I'm going to tell you something, a little secret. When you stop beating yourself up for being less than perfect, you actually get more done and you do more of those things that you wanted to do that feel productive and feel healthy and feel good and vibrant and like self-care. You get closer to being that girl, but that's not the point, right? The point is like feeling better and realizing we're not on this planet to just be skinny, productive robots, okay? I mean, I'll speak for myself. I'm not. I know there's some people that probably are and like that's what they want and that's what I used to want. And I don't think I want that anymore, I think I just want to be happy and I want to be healthy and I want to feel well and I want to feel good and I want to enjoy my freaking life. I want to stop beating myself up for not being a perfect human. I want to start focusing on the things that actually do make me feel good and the things that I am doing well and I just want to feel better and this is a piece of that, right? 
And this is like a transformation I'm, I've been working on in myself and that I help other people work on as well. So I love you guys so much. If you need more support in this area of self-compassion, you need help learning how to cultivate the skill of self-compassion because it's not something we're taught in school. We should be, right? We should be taught self-compassion right next to our addition and subtraction, right? And in fact, when I was a kindergarten teacher, I totally taught this kind of stuff because I think it's so important. But if you need support in this area, reach out to me, message me. I would be happy to help you in any way I can, whether that's, you know, helping you get into the Habit Edit membership, whether it's, you know, directing you to another resource in my little connections book, I will say my mental book of connections that I've made with all these wonderful ADHD women that are coaches and therapists and dietitians, etc. Whether it's, you know, or maybe what you need right now is to join the workshop, right? Maybe you need to join the workshop. Maybe you don't, but maybe you need to join that part-time habits workshop. And that might be the first step for you, right? Anyways, reach out to me, say hello. I would love to know if you enjoyed this episode. You can find me at Bright Light Chels on Instagram. That's actually about to change soon, you guys. I'm about to go through a rebrand. <laughs> so excited. Uh, and it's going to be a lot about what we talked about today. This is going to be like the main focus of my brand, which it already is. But like, I just... You know, sometimes visions come full circle. Anyways, I'm rambling. I'm going to stop rambling. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to chat with you soon. If you want to join the workshop, link is in the show notes. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> Bye. Bye.